Anytime our phones make a noise and notify us, we've got to know what's going on. Matter of fact, mine's going off right now. Some of the teenagers in the room calling me and texting me. We got to know, so I'll, I'll talk to you later, Jada, okay? We got to know what's going on with our phones, and uh, we've, we want to know what's happening. Have you ever, have you ever happened, uh, had this happen to you before? You're having a conversation with somebody in person, maybe at church. You put, you got your phone in your pocket, right? You're engaging with them. You're making eye contact. You're having a great conversation. And then you feel the little vibration or you hear the little chirp, chirp, whatever your notification is. You want to have this conversation. You want to stay engaged with this person, but inside, in the back of your mind, it is driving you crazy. What is going on inside my pocket right now? What is it that's happening that I need to know? Because we convince ourselves. We say, well, it might be important. It might be something really important that I need to know. Or it might be an Instagram-like, and I need to know what that is too. We know that it's rude to take your phone out and look at it when you're talking to somebody in person. But it is so easy to do. As a matter of fact, it's so easy to be rude to somebody just because our phones are making a notification. Have you ever been on the other side of this, though? Maybe you want to have a conversation with your significant other, and they're busy on their phone. It's silly, but we can get jealous of this little black rectangle. We're like, wait, I want some attention. I want to have a conversation. Now, people quit looking at your spouses. <laughs> I see people looking across the room, you know. <laughs> Listen. I'm right here, babe. I, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Do you know anybody who gets distracted, gets interrupted by the notification of their phone while they're driving? Now, no, we don't want to admit this because, no. you know, you, you get a ticket, right? We're, we're too spiritual. Yeah, we're too spiritual. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that nobody in this room is initiating conversations on the phone while you're driving. I'll give you that benefit of the doubt, okay? But what happens when you're driving and you get a notification, you get a text message, it is so hard, not your curiosity, you want to know what is it people are, are wanting to communicate to you. Matter of fact, there are some people in this room that we've had, a inter we've had moments where you know I'm driving and you text message me. What am I supposed to do with that? And you want an answer right then, you know? Well, what do we do with that? The thing is, sometimes we are willing to put ourselves in danger because of the interruption of the notification of our phone. Now, the point is, the point is this. We are in a world that is completely filled and saturated with interruptions that come from these right here. We are addicted to the notifications of our phones. And as a matter of fact, we welcome the interruptions. Studies show that the interruptions can actually bring us joy. To be interrupt, our day can be interrupted, but we look at our phone and we actually have joy because of the notifications. In the aftermath of the resurrection, there is a notification that we should be addicted to responding to, but it is not our phones. It's the notification of the Holy Spirit to share the good news. 
We're currently in our series, Aftermath, which Pastor Gary has been preaching on the last few weeks, and we're examining uh, life following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What happened here on earth during that time? And last week, Pastor Gary talked about how the early church was marked by generosity. They refused to let their earthly needs and desires distract them from the mission. Even more, they leveraged all they had for the mission to be accomplished. What was that mission? Why was it so important to them? It was the instruction that Jesus left his followers before he ascended to heaven. And we're going to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20 right now together. And um, you can find it in your Bibles or you can find it on the screen right here in front of us. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This mission to share the good news became their primary focus. Everything they did was about this mission. They gave all they had to see it accomplished, even unto death. Men and women were willing to give their lives to see that the message that Jesus Christ gave to them was carried to the ends of the earth. No price was too high for them to, uh, for them to tell people what Jesus had left them to tell. This last Monday was Memorial Day, and we took a pause and, um, and, and remembered the sacrifice that so many men and women have paid for us to live freely here in our country. We also need to remember that there are men and women throughout history that gave their lives in order for us to be able to sit in church today and freely hear the gospel. We know about the salvation Jesus left, but why is that? It's because people paid a great price to spread the word throughout the world. We read about Stephen in Acts chapter 7. He was the first to give his life for the cause of Christ, and he was stoned to death. We read about James, the son of Zebedee. Uh, this guy was one of the ones known as the sons of thunder. And we know that it was his passion that took him to, uh, to his death for Jesus Christ. Then we talk about Peter, who tradition tells us he was crucified upside down because he felt unworthy to die in the same way that his Savior died. Paul was jailed on multiple occasions and ultimately beheaded um, on orders from Nero. Of the 11 remaining disciples, 10 died a martyr's death. The one who didn't, John, was sentenced to slave labor on the island of Patmos until he was very old. The early church suffered and gave everything for the message of the good news. And here's the thing, they succeeded. They did what they were told to do. They, they took that message to the ends of the earth, the message of Jesus spread all over the world. It could not be stopped by the persecution of the church. Crucifixion couldn't stop the message of hope. Burning at the stake couldn't stop it. Throwing Christians to beasts in an arena could not stop the message. Stoning, beheading, jailing, beating, hanging, or flaying could not stop those who came before us from spreading the message of Jesus. Because of the sacrifice of these brave men and women, we all have had the opportunity to hear the message of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Mm -hmm. Much has been built 
on this foundation. Lives have been given and blood has been shed. And here we are now in the church today, and at least in the U.S., we don't face much persecution at this point. We don't, we don't know this kind of persecution. It's certainly not the same kind that we face. We enjoy freedom of religion. We can freely come to church on Sunday. We can hear the gospel and hear about Jesus. Here's a thought. Do you think that freedom can make a person so comfortable at the expense of our founding principles? Maybe we don't carry the burden that they carried at that time. Has the freedom we found caused us to lose the passion for the mission that our forefathers had? I think it's natural to become settled over time. We lose that sense of urgency sometimes, but we need to remember the early church leaders leveraged everything to spread the good news. They had to. They were pressed on all sides. That's good. But you know, while they were pressed at all sides, we don't experience the same kind of pressure. You know, we, we experience a different kind of lifestyle. It's a tension between our spiritual mission and then the physical needs that we have today. You know, it's true that we have our relationship with Jesus and we have our mission to share the good news, but we also have physical needs that need to be provided for. You know, we've, we've got families that need our attention and our provision and our protection. I mean, then, then we've got jobs and we've got, you know, kids to feed and we've got uh, mortgage payment and rent due. We've got bills, you know, insurance, car maintenance. We've got things that need our attention. And then even beyond that, there are things that want our attention. There are things like, you know, wanting to get that better house and so you have the room that you, you feel like you need or the better car, things that you want that are newer, faster, shinier, smaller, sometimes larger. You know, there, there are things that we want. And sometimes, like we mentioned earlier, our phones want our attention too. You know, these physical needs and desires, they can occupy our mental space. And if we aren't careful, these things can be the only things that we think about from day to day. They compete for the thought space in our minds. As we're talking about phones and, and, and things like that, you know, advertisers and app developers, they work really hard to keep you engaged to their products and services. They want that mental space. Did you know that on average today, the average adult is using their phone for six hours and 43 minutes a day? Six hours and 43. But that's nobody in here. No, not us. Yeah. We're below that average. Right? But is it six? Is it four? Even if it's two, that's a lot. We've been conditioned to respond to the interruptions of our phones. You know, and, and then we have advertisers who are really good at their jobs. That's why we try not to watch too many commercials at our house because our kids, they see these and, and all of a sudden they want that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, these experts, they, they, they craft slogans that get stuck in your head. So when I say it melts in your mouth, not in your hand, you know we're talking about M&Ms. Mm-hmm. Even though this advertising slogan has been over for years, we can say, can you hear me now? And you know it's Verizon. And then all over the world, not just in America, all over the world, we can say, just do it, 
and we know we're talking about Nike. These, these folks are good at what they do, and they're competing for that mental space. Now, now listen, don't hear what I'm not saying. Taking care of your families and your physical needs are not wrong. As a matter of fact, it's very right. You should have a job. You should work. And even fulfilling some of the physical desires we have isn't wrong. Checking our phones is not wrong. And as, as a matter of fact, we, we're in this world, and some of us have been called to work in the marketplace, to live and work in this secular world. But we have to remember that while we're in this world, we are not of this world, right? The danger is when the world occupies our minds so much that it crowds out our mission. It's dangerous when we forget that we are here to spread the good news of Jesus. We're here to share Jesus to the lost and the dying of this world. Nothing is more important than that mission. And so during our lives and during our work, what we need to do is to anticipate the interruption of the Holy Spirit to share the good news. Here's what I'm talking about. Think about just for a minute, how many times during a day does your phone go off? You know, 10, 20, 100, 1,000? You know, it varies for, for each of us. But whenever that phone goes off, it goes off, it could go off while you're in class, during a meeting, it could go off while you're in the grocery store, whether you're at home or you're at church when it should be on silent. It doesn't matter. It could go off during the movies. It goes off all the time. Whether you're on vacation and you've got time off or you're extremely busy, your phone goes off. And what do we do? We always welcome the interruption of our phone and we respond to it. We rarely miss a notification. Why? Because we're tuned in to our phone. If it's in our pocket, we're tuned in to the vibration. You ever had a phantom vibration? Your phone's <laughs> not even in your pocket and you feel it. You're like, oh, oh, <laughs> got to find out where the phone is. It's embarrassing. That's it, it is. <laughs> or maybe you're one of these people who have set a really, really loud and annoying ringtone to your phone so that you will make sure that you don't miss that notification. When that phone goes off, you and everybody in the room knows that somebody wants to get a hold of you. Now listen, what if we did the same thing to the Holy Spirit? What if we stayed so tuned into the Holy Spirit that we are always listening for His interruption? What if our mission to spread the good news was always on our minds and was never crowded out? What if we remained available to that interruption? What if we were always anticipating the Holy Spirit to open opportunities in our lives to share our faith? Now, I use that word interruption, and I, and I like that word interruption, because sometimes our mission is an interruption to our day-to-day -day lives. You know, you might be doing something, and the Holy Spirit give you the notification. Maybe, maybe you're at the grocery store, and you meet somebody new, or you run into somebody you know, and all of a sudden, the opportunity to talk about Jesus, to share your faith opens up. You get that Holy Spirit notification. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, I got things to do. 
I need to get here and get this done because I got four more stores to go to and I got to get home and fix dinner for the kids. And you think about all the things we've got to do. We've got a schedule to keep. We've got to decide, will we allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt us in our day? I think that we might often flip the Holy Spirit to silent because we don't want our schedule to be interrupted. Can I remind you that interruption is what our mission is all about? The Great Commission was an interruption for the disciples, and it continues to be an interruption for Christ followers today. I mean, look at the events that launched the Great Commission on the day of Pentecost, okay? And we're going to talk more about Pentecost next week. But just to give you a brief overview, Jesus, he tells his disciples before he ascends to heaven, he says, go to Jerusalem, I want you to pray, I want you to wait, and we're going to send the Holy Spirit so that you can be my witnesses. And so they go, and they're praying, and this is just the first little bit of Acts chapter 2. Let's read it. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place suddenly. That next sentence says suddenly. So what does that mean? It means an interruption happened. The disciples were interrupted. And because of that interruption, a movement was launched. Suddenly, everything changed. Suddenly, doors were opened. Suddenly, God showed up. And what was the result of the disciples being interrupted and responding to the interruption of the Holy Spirit that day? 3,000 people were saved. 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. And the Great Commission was launched. This is what can happen if we give the Holy Spirit the freedom to interrupt our day. And so we need to anticipate that kind of interruption because this is why we are here. This is our mission. Right now, we're going to welcome up a young lady who has allowed the Holy Spirit to interrupt her life, her plans, and call her onto the mission field uh, as a missionary to France. And um, I met this young woman about four years ago, and she came, um, January, four years ago, she came and sat in this auditorium for the first time, and um, that evening we were having a planning meeting for a, a conference that we were putting on for uh, teenage girls here at Crossroads and beyond, and she attended service that morning, and that evening she was in the planning meeting because she was committed, she was in. Even though she was headed to France in a few short months, she, she said, while I'm here, I've decided Crossroads is my home and I'm going to be a part all in. And she impressed me on that day and she's been impressing me ever since. And so let's welcome Nicole Herrero. She's going to come up and speak with us. All right, have a seat, Nicole. Hi, everyone. Welcome home. Thank you. Nicole's here for about three months, so we're going to keep her while we can. <laughs> Nicole, for those, of you, for those of us who don't know you very well, tell us a little bit about what made you decide to be a missionary to France. Yeah, so when I was in college and um, I was actually studying psychology and was trying to figure out, okay, God, what do you want me to do after graduating? Um, he really put it on my heart to go give a year to missions in France. Um, but for me, it was just 
This is a dream come true. Um, France had been on my heart since middle school as I had been learning the language and never really knowing when I would use the language. Um, but God opened the door, and so I went. And as I was there, um, it was my missionaries, actually, who were like, hey, have you considered the call to missions? And I was like, me? No. Like, I am purely here to serve you guys. Like, whatever you guys need, like, I'm happy to help. Um, and it was just in that prompting that I was like, okay, Lord, like, is this something you're telling me to do? And just felt so strongly that the Lord was like, yes, this is what I'm calling you to do. Will you say yes to this? And so you just got saved in college, right? Yes. So that, this was a pretty fresh experience for you mm -hmm. to be just come to Jesus and a few years later be on the mission field. It's been wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, tell us about some of the ministry going on right now in France. Yeah, so in Grenoble, we have a church plant that I get to be a part of, um, and I've actually been there since the first year it started, so it's been really a blessing to just see how much it's grown and um, the ministry that it's been. Um, so I get to help lead the creative arts team in that, and um, as of last summer, I've been helping lead the student ministry, so getting to lead our, our student leadership team. Um, and just, you know, plan different events and the small groups and all the different things. And then as of two years ago, we have an anti-traffic, oh no, a refugee ministry, sorry, and an anti-trafficking ministry as well. So we keep very busy. That's awesome. We were hearing about the riots in Paris and throughout France. How is that affecting your ministry? Um, so... This is actually a picture that I got to take when I was uh, walking around downtown. Um, at this point, it's very much um, a scheduled thing. When you go downtown on a Saturday afternoon, just know there will be a protest going on. Um, but the French love, love to protest. It's something that they have always been doing. That is why the French Revolution started um, and actually started in Grenoble, fun fact. Um, <laughs> um, but... You know, um, you know, it's just a matter of planning around the protests. Either you meet up with someone in the morning or you decide, hey, well, let's meet up in the evening. Or even some of our students have joined the protests and it's just have, talking with them like, oh, so, you know, what was today's protest about? You know, why are you wanting to protest today? And so just getting to understand what people are thinking. That's great. It seems like even when we are focused on God and the mission, the Holy Spirit still interrupts us with opportunities. Um, how can we keep our hearts soft in the Holy Spirit's direction, not get too focused on the schedules we create? Yeah, so um, I'm a big planner. Does Who's a planner here in the room? Planners? Yes. Okay. So I love to plan things um, and, you know, have a nice, beautiful schedule. But there are interruptions that happen in our life. So we um, had a Chi Alpha team come from Louisiana a couple weeks ago, and so we were hosting an event, and we had decided we're going to do a Grenoble's Got Talent, because we know there's some talented people amongst our community. Uh, so let's give them an opportunity to just encourage them and, you know, have, an, have the stage. So we had one French girl um, sign up, and she has been a language exchange with one of our team members, and we've really been wanting to get her plugged into community. Um, so... You know, when we saw that she was up for, for singing, we were like, yes, okay, let's get, you know, more people to do this. And so we had a few different acts. And then um, one of our other French students, he comes up to me and he's like, oh, so it's on this Saturday? And I was like, yeah. 
He's like, oh, um, Eurovision is actually happening that night too. And I was like, dang it, no. Um, so Eurovision is this huge um, like American Idol thing times like a thousand because it's all across Europe. Um, and they do it every year. And so we're like, okay, what do we do? We can't like reschedule our whole event. Um, so we decided literally maybe like two days before, we're like, okay, so we're going to start promoting and saying that we're going to have the different acts um, happening and, um, and we'll watch Eurovision together. And so it ended up being an opportunity to encourage one girl in her gifts and talents of singing and and playing, and this other student, he came, and it ended up being an opportunity where he just came and just poured his heart out and was sharing his life with me and another um, team member, and we're just, you know, like, that wouldn't have happened had we not allowed this interruption to happen. That's awesome. Nicole, how can we as Crossroads help you right now? How can we pray? What are your financial needs? Um, What's going on? Yeah, so I, um, as Amanda said, I'm here just for a few months because my missionaries are actually going on itineration for a whole year. And so I need to go back and help um, hold down the fort. And we want to, you know, just be praying that... um, that the ministry wouldn't just, you know, stay constant while they're gone. We really want it to continue growing and thriving. And so I do believe that our team has been called to really just be the steady rocks as we're going to have different pastors coming in every few months. Um, So, you know, please be praying for the transition that we're going to be in. Um, For our students as well, they, you know, a lot of them, there's a lot of turnover with students. You know, we have so many graduating today. And so we have students that are going off for a give or not a give year, a study abroad or um, moving on to the next season of their life. And so, you know, we want to raise up national leaders because we want, you know, our ministry to eventually be turned over to them. You know, we're just there temporarily, but they're, they're French. They are the ones you're going to be able to reach the French. We're merely, you know, tools to come and help them until that changes. And then um, financial need is, you know, I'm here to, you know, raise support because, you know, as we're in transition, you guys are in transition, we all go through transition, and, you know, the people that were able to give at some point maybe no longer can, and it happens, and so naturally that's left a gap in my um, monthly um, so, you know, monthly, get um, one time, all of it helps. But, yeah, I'm just really thankful to get to come and share with you guys today. That's awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Let's take just a moment and pray for Nicole and pray God's blessing over her and um, that he will help her meet all of those needs that she has. Okay. Just stretch a hand out towards her. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful for Nicole and the mission that you have sent her on, God. We're here um, but, but we thank you that you send people to places all over the world to spread this mission and spread the gospel. And we pray, Father, blessings on her financially, physically, emotionally, spiritual, social, all the things, God, that she might need. We pray, Lord, that you will, um, you will meet every single need. And I pray, Father, that you would encourage her with creativity and with... Um, new direction and purpose all the time, God, that she will know um, the steps that you have her and her teams to take. Father, we pray that you would build up this ministry and let there be plenty of workers for the field. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Nicole, thank you.
we're excited for Nicole, and please see her after service and, and talk to her. And uh, as like she mentioned, we can uh, receive financial support for her today, and you can give that through our online offerings or in the back, and that goes directly to her. And also, let me remind you that uh, our normal monthly giving for missions, the commitments that we made as we maintain those, Nicole is one of our missionaries. She's ours. She's from here. And so, as a church, we support her. And so, by giving in that missions uh, regularly, you help support Nicole as well. And then, if you want to go above and beyond that and give to her uh, regularly, uh, directly to her, then talk to her about that as well. Because we're, we're so proud of Nicole. And we are, we're thrilled for your love for the Lord and love for people. And that you allowed God to interrupt your life in a big way to serve and be a part of the Great Commission. You know, sometimes God does inter- interrupt our lives in big ways like he has Nicole. And other times they're smaller interruptions, but also make a big impact. And so for all of us, what if today we decided that we were going to start focusing less on ourselves and more on the salvation that's available to others? What if today we started to focus less on the consumption of goods and services and more on connecting with people? What if we prioritize the Holy Spirit's leading over our own schedules? You know, we are so proud to have a team in a couple of weeks to be leaving for Royal Family Kids Camp and to be a part of that mission. Some that are giving um, a morning or a day and some that are giving a full week to serve these kids in need. That's a That's a great example of people letting uh, the Lord interrupt their lives for a period of time in order to serve someone else. Yeah, and and just like Royal Family Kids, later in the month, we've got an opportunity for a one-day Mexico missions trip, a way where we can allow ourselves to be interrupted on one Saturday to go and to serve kids who need an adult that will love them and need a Savior. Beyond that, we've been talking about VBS, and we want your kids and grandkids to sign up. What if we allowed ourselves to be interrupted during the day for a few days so that a child could hear a gospel presentation and accept Jesus? We never know what kind of impact one child could have accepting Jesus. What could happen in the course of their life and beyond because of that decision to come to Christ? These are great opportunities, but let us also ask, how can we remain open to the interruption of the Holy Spirit during our day-to-day lives? How can we make sure that we don't put the Holy Spirit on silent in our lives? How can we stay tuned in to opportunities that he opens up for us? What kind of move of God might we experience if the church as a whole was focused on the mission first. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved because they allowed themselves to be interrupted by the Holy Spirit. Can that same kind of move of God happen today? Yes. Absolutely it can. With God, all things are possible. All we have to do is to make ourselves available and allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt our lives, interrupt our schedules, interrupt our priorities, and to be a part of the mission of the church. Be a part of sharing our faith. Pointing people to Jesus.